0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage Podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage yet, go to the website builtforthestage.com and you'll work one-on-one with your own online fitness coach so we can marry your career in theater with your pursuit of training like the actor-athlete that you are in the gym or at home or at the park or wherever you might be training at. All right. Thanks to the Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out, bpn.fm. Let's bring on our special guest, as always. Really excited to chat with Cherry Torres, who is currently on the Hamilton – I should have looked at this before. Are you on the Peggy tour? Angelica. Oh, the Angelica. (laughs) On the Angelica tour, uh, uh, Cherry's uh, currently in Greensboro, North Carolina, and she covers Eliza, Angelica, and Peggy. Welcome to the podcast, Cherry. Hey.
2: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> working through technology and having this chat with me. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, tell me a little bit about. You said before we hit record that Greens, Greensboro has been like quaint and a little change of change of pace. Um, what's the vibe like in a setting like Greensboro in comparison to when you're sitting down at like a bigger city? Do you all kind of go stir crazy, or do you like find a, a nice park to just chill at? What do you prefer when you're on the road?
2: Um, it's hard. It's hard to know what I prefer. I think sometimes things come at the perfect timing. Um, Houston, for example, was a bigger city, and it kind of came after a bunch of smaller bits, a smaller sit downs. So. It was kind of needed to have a hub of more familiar, you know, city-like places and cute spots to eat and stuff. Greensboro just kind of came at a time where I think you know spring is here and we can take walks and hikes. And um, I have my dog on the road, so being able to just take her to a park and run around is helps me decompress and not feel like um, stuck in the theater when I have like two show days and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, we, we find we find the fun wherever it is in every city, I'll say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your dog's name and what kind of dog is it?
2: So she is a uh, Porky, is what they call them, a Pomeranian Yorkie. Uh-huh. And I named her Ducky after Land Before Time because I am a true millennial. So
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh, that makes me want to like do a throwback night and watch that movie.
2: Right? <laughs> I I very much did when I got her. I was like, no, I have to watch it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny, the whole Porky thing. My parents have um, She-Poos, which are Shih Tzu (laughs) Poodles. So as far as silly combination names go, um, I'm right there with you. So that's funny. (laughs) How is
2: that –
0: I told you this would be very coffee shop chat. How is that on the road with a dog – what are the difficulties with that, or is uh, Ducky pretty chill? Um,
2: well, it's it, there are some <laughs> challenges that come with it. So when I got Ducky, um, it was a pandemic puppy idea, and we got her when she was around uh, around June of last year, and then when we kicked back up in September, she was only – four or five months. So, you know, she has been going through her little teenage boundary phase and all that good stuff. And that can be difficult, but it's, I don't know, it's still very rewarding. I think travel is probably the hardest bit. I just got a car. So that's facilitated a lot of my traveling with her. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's a pretty chill travel buddy, but just, you know, you end up having double the things because, you know, you have like not just all of your stuff that you travel with, but then you're like, okay, her beds, her toys, her yeah. treats, her food. And that can be exhausting. But now with a car, I'm a little bit more like, ah, oh, okay,
0: let's right. go. <laughs> you don't have to deal with the bus life, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Or the plane life, which I was can just, be.
0: That was, sorry yeah. to interrupt. That was my next question is how do you how do you work that out if you have a car and, for instance, your flight – is like basically your only means of traveling to that destination on time. Like, have you ever been in that spot? Like, how do you work that out?
2: Thankfully, does that, we've does been, that make
0: sense? What I what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, say so you're in Greensboro. Yeah,
2: like it's like a super like long like drive, but like we just people just fly into it. W- and this last one was actually I want to say a 15 hour drive because um, yeah. we came from Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas, but we're um, lucky in that usually if it's a long, a really long drive for the truck, they add um, a dark day. So uh, for example, we had the 15 hour drive, but we had Tuesday off as well. And then they just doubled up the shows on Thursday. Mm. Um, So it helped me break up the drive for like two days. And I always kind of get a travel buddy because I'm like, (laughs) it's a brand new purchase. So I'm still kind of gauging my ability to drive really, really long distances as well.
0: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I I have two dogs and I have to drive from Miami to New York City sometimes or Miami to a, it's like a twenty to hour drive, isn't it? Ooh. You bet your bottom dollar it is. And um, oh. I I'm like the kind of person that if I'm not tired in the sense of I feel like I'm gonna go to sleep, I'll just keep going. So yeah I I Same. have been just making that 21 hour drive straight through. It's pretty, I know, straight I know straight through, straight through. Oh um, lots of, uh, energy drinks, hashtag fitness podcast. Hello. Um, <laughs> 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 and yeah, that's how, that's how I get by, but, um, all right, let's get into a little bit more about tour life. If you're listening out there, you know, if you like dogs and road trips, then you've been amused. And if not, <laughs> we're, we're getting on to the the theatrical talk here. So with the tour, what's it like doing a show like Hamilton, uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas compared to like, I don't know, somewhere in California. What are those audiences like if they're different at all?
2: Um, you can definitely feel the shifts, um, depending on the cities. What's really kind of wonderful about being in the smaller cities is like, just the knowledge that a lot of people don't necessarily get to go to, you know, New York casually and pop in a Broadway show, like the people in the surrounding areas of the city. Um, So there is always this kind of buzz in the smaller towns and you feel the excitement, you know, um, to get to see like just live theater in a different setting. Um, But you can feel sometimes depending on, you know, the areas of the country, certain jokes land better than others. Um, And that's always interesting to hear. I'm like, are are they going to laugh? Are they going to like, Ooh, what's going to happen? The best audience, I will say the best audience ever (laughs) are the, um, uh, the edge of ham kids, no matter what, no matter like the day of the week, how tired they are in these morning shows, they, live they are like active the entire time you hear ooze and ahs throughout the entire show <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hilarious say no to this is hilarious <laughs>
0: that one of my yeah I love that love that um I also like listening to Hamilton mixtape when I'm working out um that's a little confession of mine and um yes. what is the one with uh Ja Rule and Ashanti which one do they do? They oh do gosh, Oh, oh serious, it'll come back. It'll come back at the last I know. It's like show, so. tip of my tongue. I'm trying to go through the list. Everyone listening right now that are like huge ham fans are probably like screaming it at their, their cell phone right now. While I know. They're singing. like,
2: really? You're in the show. How do you not know this?
0: Yeah. No, I didn't mean to put you on, on the spot. <laughs> no, it, was no. so, it was more so I put, I put myself on the spot. Um, But anyways, that's, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. Here we go. It's uh oh, helpless. That's the one.
2: Oh yeah 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 yeah. So
0: there, so there's this cool. Are you a J Lo fan? Do you love J Lo?
2: I like J Lo. Yeah,
0: but I listen to her. But you're time. not like ride or die. Like you'll be mad at me if I say something a little bit bad about her.
2: No. Yeah. I'm. I'm cool with J Lo. It's not my all favorite.
0: Right. All right, so for everyone listening, <laughs> for everyone listening, the backstory behind Helpless with Jaw Rule and Ashanti is Lynn Manuel picked them like very specifically to do this song because it's very similar to the song that Ja Rule and JLo did in the yeah. maybe late nineties or early two thousands. I can't, I can't remember. Um, but anyways, the story is, is that Ashanti was early in her career and she actually laid the demo. Do you know story? the story? Vocals. Yeah. Do you know well, the story? No. She no, laid. She laid down the demo vocals for the song with uh, I don't know with the producing team. Yeah. And then and then later on, J Lo comes in and like actually does the song right. And Ashanti does sing some backup in the song. But the thing about it is that there are parts of the song that supposedly they used Ashanti's demo recording instead of J-Lo's voice. That's, that's supposedly like what happened.
2: Wow. And,
0: and she wasn't like credited for any of that or whatever. So the story goes that like this was kind of a, a second chance for Ashanti yeah. and Ja Rule to do a song uh, like this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that's the story. Anyways, it's back to cool you. Because a
2: lot of their songs too
0: sounded similar, like, ah,
2: what yeah. to do? What right. To do? And exactly. funny enough, yeah. in when they teach the show, there's a part in Helpless that we call the Jaw Rule section. Okay. Um, it's uh, the uh, As Long As I'm Alive, Eliza a God, You Never Feel So. Because yeah. it sounds literally that, like Jaw Rule. That is like definitely in
0: inspired by Jaw Rule. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. We call it oh. the Jaw Rule section.
1: at LuckyLandslots.com. available to players in the US excluding Washington and Michigan no purchase necessary VGW group void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: yep. any other <laughs> and not to put you on the spot any other like no. fun facts that it, that is a part of the show that maybe listeners would not know
2: let's see um so there's a lot of there's a lot of names for for things for sure like um tetris tetris is what we call in nonstop when the stair starts moving and everybody kind of starts piecing around it, we call that Tetris. Um, I don't know. A lot of the fun facts of the show are kind of prop related as well. Like there are so many little areas for props that you'd never know. Sometimes I always, something I always get asked about is in hurricane, where does Peggy get the quill when she hands it to Hamilton and she actually, I hide it. As I'm going down on, you know, in the slow motion bit, I hide it in the dress, mm. so you can't see it. So I use both of my hands. I come up and then I kind of grab it yep. from my knee and then bring it back. So there's the wonder if
0: I wonder if there's been a production either on one of the tours or Broadway where it was forgotten and then oh my <laughs> she gosh. didn't she didn't She's have like- anything.
2: I will say there's been a few times where the letters, um, in helpless that Peggy kind of dances with, um, didn't like fell off the candle cart. So it was like a, what do we do now moment? And she's just like dancing by herself. And then, you know, Angelica can't grab the letters. So then we're just like, uh, if you really love me, you would share them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those moments are so funny because it's interesting to see like everybody thinking on their feet, but slightly differently. Like some people's instinct is to just like mime
0: it. Some people are just like
2: hand yeah, yeah. acting, oh, wow. you know? Oh man. <laughs> those are the funniest.
0: All right. You have the, the classic poisonous shoe West side story, uh, myth or legend where Chino forgot to bring out the gun. So oh and so he couldn't shoot Tony, so he I guess he picked took his shoe off and threw it at Tony and I, I did
2: not I, know that. That's this, amazing this is,
0: this is a legend. Maybe it's totally false, but I've heard this story a lot and I like to believe it's true.
2: <laughs> I hope it's true. He just said, Well, I can yeah. only kill you with this. <laughs> you know,
0: just throw this poisonous shoe at you or whatever the story was. That but is so uh with funny. you being with you being a cover, how has it been tour-wise, like, you're getting a lot of action? Um, how is that navigating three different roles? Yeah, what's that yeah. experience been like for you?
2: It definitely ebbs and flows. So I started off as Swing Woman 5, who essentially covers Woman 5 and the Three Sisters. And because uh, ensemble members get scheduled swing-ons, um, we, I could essentially be on a lot more. Um, even if I was on is woman five more, uh, whereas now it ebbs and flows kind of depending on, you know, you never know everything from like vacations, personal days and everything, but it's been pretty nicely consistent. It hasn't been too much. And I haven't gone months without doing it. It did take me a second to debut. I think I was one of the last people to make their re-debut after the pandemic, which was hard. Cause you know, you're like, yay, come on. I want to go on. I want to, you know, get to perform after a few years. And when I did, it was just like so cathartic and awesome. Uh, But it's been great. I feel like I've gotten a a good, good reps on every one of the sisters. So
0: what do you have to do to kind of knock the dust off before going on? What what are a couple of your rituals as a pro that maybe someone listening could learn from your kind of prep work that you do?
2: Well, something I like to do in general, at least like, I want to say five times a week or five times a week, is just sing through the show. I'll sing through all the sister songs. Um, And when I do kind of, I am scheduled to go on, I will speed through the show um, just for my brain, just to like have a little, you know, and that could be a 15 minute speed through just to make sure that I have everything. Um, but no matter what, I, I like to sing through the songs at least once before I go on. Um, which is, you know, easier sometimes than others. Cause if I have like a mid-show swing on, then it's just like go and and you know, if I need to like run to a dressing room to felt something out really quick and then come back in, then I do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So speaking of tips and tricks, uh, you also coach and teach students of your own. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm interested to hear just uh, what, what kind of coaching you do and, and if it's virtually or in person or, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that um, started off during the pandemic. Um, I was curious to do so. You know, I, I always got, I, starting off, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, um, but I really just kind of wanted to share because um, towards the end of the pandemic, I got to go to my own high school and do like a workshop with them. And that was kind of so impactful that I was like, I want to be able to share what I do know to, you know, students and really anybody who would like to hear the knowledge. And I started teaching basically um, vocal coaching and acting coaching, essentially. So oftentimes um, I like to call it audition coaching because my students come with a, you know, a 16 cut, 32 cut, you know, song uh, bar cut and they we will work through it we'll do warm-ups depending on their needs um, i'll do a warm-up catering to what they're hoping to achieve um and it's been it's been really lovely and rewarding i've been able to keep up with it um on tour which has been a nice um just just to be able to focus on something other than work you know because when you're on tour we are in a bubble where we're you know, a lot of our time and the people we are around and everything kind of has to do with work. So it's nice to do something outside of Hamilton that feels, uh, rewarding in a different way. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really wonderful. Cool.
0: And if someone like wanted to inquire, would they go to your website, CherryTours.com? Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Please go to my website. It is cherrytores.com. And from there, there is a questionnaire where you can basically answer your needs, your interests in terms of uh, what kind of musical theater do you like. It's a fun little quiz. And yeah. then you'll get in touch with me.
0: Nice. I saw you were originally born in Puerto Rico, yes?
2: Yes. Born and raised till I was like 11.
0: Okay. And then when did, when did you start? learning about performance or how did that kind of come about in your life um, yeah. when you were getting started?
2: Well, my I, I grew up in a really musical family. My dad is a sound engineer and my mom's a background singer. So even though theater kind of came later in my life, uh, performing came really, really young. Um, my mom would take me to her to the recording studio when she was doing jingles and You know, I would be in there and the performance rehearsals or like sitting backstage, you know, I was a backstage baby to Mm -hmm. some extent. Um, And then when I discovered theater in my eighth grade uh, school, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I want. I'm like, you mean you can act and you can sing and you can dance. And then watching West Side Story kind of sealed it all together.
0: And Mm -hmm. here I am. Yeah. (laughs) Were your parents supportive of that or were they like, oh, we know what this life is all about. Why don't you go do something something else? Um,
2: They were really, really supportive, actually. I think they saw me have an interest at like six years old. I remember answering in one of those like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an astronaut and I want to be a singer. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they knew early on where my heart was leaning. My brother was a little bit different because he was um, really, um, he leaned towards academics and sports a little bit more. Uh, So they were like, yeah, lean into that. That's great. (laughs) You don't want to go through what we go through. Um, But I think he's going to end up being a musician too, which is kind of (laughs) hilarious.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Well, like we talked about before hitting record, my dog Thor now decided he wants to eat. So he's, he's over here eating <laughs> some food. Everyone listening, uh, Cherry and I were just sharing how uh, when we need moments of silence, that is when our dogs decide to make noise and, yep. and do things. Every Thor, time we're on the screen. Up. Can you, can you wait, big boy? Can you wait? Um, I want to go <laughs> back for our last little moment of our uh, chat so far. Thank you so much again for your time. Um, something like truly inspirational that you had said that I think a lot of, of our listeners can learn from is that you mentioned that imposter syndrome before starting to do your teachings, uh, during the pandemic and how you were, um, kind of, uh, inspired and given these feelings of like, Oh, I would like to continue to do this after doing that workshop at your, I think you said high school, um, right? Your high school, you started, you did a workshop. Yeah. So I just saw this quote and it was an amazing quote. And it's saying like, while you're waiting to do something that you're really good at perfectly, someone out there has already started and is extremely mediocre at it. I just butchered it. I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying all of the people with the talent to do it might be waiting because they want perfection. And then the wow. people that are maybe less talented at you at this oh. certain thing than you are already out there doing it. So anyone listening that is maybe kicking around wanting to get started in something, just get started. That's that's Do what it. it's all about. It's so yeah,
2: It's so true. They say that the people who succeed are never the most talented. They're the ones who persevere. Yeah. And keep yeah. looking hard for what they want and are willing to learn because there's no such thing as perfection, which – as creatives, right, that are kind of taught to compare ourselves, we're often kind of like stuck. We our creativity gets stuck in this like tunnel of like we can't let it out because it's not where I want it to be. Yeah. Um, instead of just being open to making the mistake if you do, and then it's better than it was before. So Yep,
0: absolutely. So All right, yeah. Cherry, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the chat. I hope everyone enjoyed. I enjoyed the that little moment, the Tetris moment, a lot of little yeah you know, golden pieces, uh, in this uh, interview. So I really appreciate it.
2: Of course. Thank you so much for having me,
0: Julie. Absolutely. Everyone. If you want to follow Cherry on Instagram, go to at Cherry Torres. Um, you can see that in the description of this episode and also check out our website. If you're interested in coaching with her, uh, cherry I'm Joe Roscoe at built for the stage. You can check us out at Bill for the stage on any social media or our website, built for later.